everybody, my name is Mac. I'm going to be your host for a special edition of Star Wars All In. Wow, a remastered, re-enhanced, with new scenes added episode? McCulkey's in here. We're bringing everything. It's going to be an amazing <laughs> new place. I love when you say things about Star Wars and you're like one or two letters off. Whenever you're like, Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. Or that's those are my favorite Mac moments where like, I know what he's saying. Anyone who knows so Star wait, wait, Wars wait. Know what, knows what he means. What, what, but what? I love what it happens okay. because yeah. it always makes me smile. What was it? Cause so McClunky. McClunky. And you said what? McCulky? You said McCulky I, I keep hearing, When I first heard it, yeah. McC- yeah, it's, it's that's what I heard. Um, McClunky. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a very different See, episode if you can't tell. Now, one thing I wanted to tell you about our special edition that is important to understand <laughs> is our special editions, we've tried. This first season of Star Wars All In, we've tried to make our topics compartmentalized mm-hmm. so that you can listen to any part without having to listen to the other ones this one is time stamped hello it is monday december 16th 2019 we are yes. in real time right now in the future it is not december 16th if you're listening no. to this in the future if you're listening to it anytime after the 20th of this week a lot of what we're about to say isn't gonna make any sense it'll be a lot more interesting maybe it'll be a lot <laughs> because you'll be able to see how much we were right and wrong. And I suspect we'll be mostly wrong. Because what this episode is, is this is us discussing, essentially our, if you will, we'll, we'll steal from Delray, our journey to the rise of Skywalker. Because yes. we're going to talk about the our, our predictions, what we think might happen, and how that's changed over the materials being released as we get closer and closer to release. And we're just going to kind of discuss it with you so that we kind of, Again, give you an idea of the headspace we're going into as we go forward in this week. Now, we have a regular episode a little bit later this week on Wednesday, our normal launch day. And then at the end of this week or in the future, you can find it as special edition (laughs) two. We will be having our reactions to the rise of Skywalker. Yes. Yes. And that will come out on the 20th. So it, it's it's exciting times to be a Star Wars. This, Three episodes this week. I was going to say. As if sitting in a theater for like 10 hours in the span of 24 hours isn't enough. Yeah. Let's overdo it, Mac. Wow. You, you want to get remind, sick? You've just reminded me how much work we have to do this week. It's going to be. But at the end of it, we'll yeah. have seen a new Star Wars movie That's sometime, true. some amount between two and five times. And admittedly, probably the last time we're going to have a new Star Wars movie for a while. This will be the last time, hypothetically, I'll get to see a saga film twice in the same day. Oh, my gosh. So you better believe I'm ready. Oh, it's going to be good. And I think our predictions are going to be, if nothing else, amusing to you. So It's going to be amusing for me. I know that. So those of you who are chomping at the bed, listening to this in real time, we hope you are delighted by some of the theories we're adding to your own theories and mixing them. Please let us know what you think is going to happen in reaction to this on our social media accounts. You future folk who already know what happens, it should be funny. We're probably really really wrong (laughs) all right mac i'm ready let's jump into it huh You know, being our first special episode, maybe I should have come up with a different way to greet you. Oh, maybe we maybe we should have. Maybe um, we should have. How about instead, um, let's just jump right in. Bright 
sons? <laughs> Isn't that how they greet them? In I Star like Wars? that. I that's, like that. that yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do on Batu. I was just say, till the spire, yeah. man. Yeah. May the spires keep you. May the spires That's keep you. I swear was in that book, but I haven't heard anyone else say it yet. I, you know, but I'm I like pretty sure it the was The spire keep you confuses me. I, okay. The, the point <laughs> of the matter is. That doesn't have anything to do with our episode no. nine predictions, which is what we're going to talk about now. Or does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to go ahead and jump in. So we're going to frame this uh, in really one simple way. We're going to give sort of three categories of predictions. We're yes. going to start out. These were our predictions before we knew anything about the film. Basically, we knew it was episode nine and we knew JJ was directing it. Yeah, we knew it was coming out. So the aftermath of The Last Jedi, our yeah, initial after the, predictions. After the afterglow, and we knew what nine was taking shape as. Yeah. I can tell you, I wrote mine on February 20th, 2019. Um, so I can tell you that. The ones I have here were from... March of 2019. So I think you wrote yours first and said, you should write them too. It'd be fun. Yes. And we did. Who so, knew we'd have a podcast for this to be useful? <laughs> so we're going to uh, have our predictions. And then after we go through that, we're going to talk about our predictions after the first trailer. Okay. Okay. And then finally, we'll talk about sort of our final now refined predictions. But Mac, if you wouldn't mind, I would love to hear yours to start. So um, what did you so think you want to hear in my March of 2019? <laughs> okay, so here's my novel. Um, so when I originally was thinking about episode nine and where we left off in eight, I was thinking that we would have a much longer gap. I thought we were going to have a lot of time between eight and nine because I figured like the resistance has to be rebuilt from nothing and things like that. So I put it as... Um, it's been a while since we've seen the resistance. The spark they lit has ignited a rebellion. A crushing weight of the First Order has made strange alliances. Even holdouts of the old empire have rallied with the resistance. Colorful fighters, TIE fighters join X-Wing and pitch space battles. Um, because my background is film, I started writing a, a screenplay, essentially. So I'm not going to bore you with all of that, but I'll try and paraphrase sure, it. Sure, sure. So I have where like uh, Poe Dameron shouting commands as a fury of uh, starfighters shoot debris and blows up next to him. And we see that they're on a pitched ground battle and he and Finn are working to take out gun emplacements. Um, one of the things I really wanted from episode eight that didn't happen that I guess I wrote into my fan fiction for episode nine here was <laughs> that Poe and Finn buddy cop movie that I wanted yeah. where they were going on adventures, which we still might get. But um I, I really, I leaned pretty hard into that. Sure, sure. Um, and I had it was basically just, you saw the resistance being this actually great f counter to the first war in this pitched ground battle. Kind of like episode three, starting with the, um, like the battle of Coruscant. This would be like starting with the battle of Geonosis, like having a pitched battle. And we see the resistance is a force. Now they're a full rebellion. They may even be more of a military force than the rebellion was. And one of the big things that would happen would Ray would come out in her own cut of the Jedi garb and she would be walking out with this confidence we saw at the very end of eight. But that's now who she is and that she would just basically lead the charge against it and basically ruin like all the battle plans of the First Order. She is this thing that tips the balance completely against them and they lose this planet. And then I had it pull back to... Um, Grand General Hux on the Capitol world watching his lieutenant basically flicker and fade out just like you saw in like the asteroid fields in Empire and Hux cursing everything. 
Um, and then him going in to talk to the Supreme Leader. And then we would see that Kylo Ren now sits, uh, Kylo Ren sits in black garb, leaning to one side, his hand in his head. The other gloved hand drums on reinforced versions of his mask. A woman sits regally and uptight, uh, upright in a smaller throne to one side. Uh, what bring news do you bring, General Grand General? She inquires. Um, and Kylo's just like, the planet's fallen, hasn't it? Uh, yes, my empress and emperor, uh, the planet will fall before the day. Not to worry, we had contingencies to move all the critical assets. And just Kylo is, in my world, bored out of his mind. He has everything he's ever wanted. He is the emperor, essentially. He controls Coruscant. He controls the galactic world. He has this rebellion to deal with, but like... All the success he got killing, you know, getting rid of Luke and getting his revenge on that and killing Snoke and becoming the Supreme Leader didn't get him what he wanted. And one thing I wrote, which is a total tangent, was I had this idea of to finally put a nail in the coffin and everyone who wants their, you know, Kylo Ray ship uh, was I wrote that there would be an empress, someone to talk to the be a visual temptress to being the leader of the First Order that Kylo, in my view, would be disillusioned by. And I felt that was what we saw at the end of eight. Like, Hux wants to take over the First Order. Kylo doesn't really. He just wanted to beat Snoke and be in power to do whatever he wants, to finally be the spoiled brat he always wanted to be, where he's just leading the charge to do whatever he wants. Um, And uh, some of the other notes, I'll just kind of skip down here, is... Um, uh, the three heroes gather in a makeshift command post. Uh, the area is calm and tensions are easing and they basically start to see that chemistry. We've been waiting two movies to get to, which is our sequel, Holy Trinity of, you know, um, Ray, Finn and Poe and some of their chemistry. Um, and then I wanted to show that, like, basically um, them talking about uh, General Organa because this was. This was written when we knew they were going to use Leia, but we didn't know how muted she was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, myself included, thought basically Leia was going to die in the opening crawl. Yeah. Uh, and that anything she would be would be flashbacks and stuff. So I was going on that assumption. Um, and oh, my God, I really have a novel here. I'm just going to scroll I can't down. believe how much detail you put into this. dude. Well, it's because when I started thinking about it, I'm like, here's what I see in my head. And I saw it very cinematically and I had to write that down. And sure. I figured we were putting these in sealed envelopes to each other to basically open like and see how off we were. So I went <laughs> all the way down the well. Right. Yeah. I um, can't believe it. So the one some of the other notes I want to just make mention that were important to me was. Yeah, please. Luke's line of you'll be seeing me soon. When he says that to Kylo Ren, I still want Luke to haunt Kylo Ren, yeah. literally. Yeah. That he's a force ghost who's pinned to Kylo Ren. Yeah. And when Kylo Ren is like, like conflicted about the light, Luke's there to be the angel on his shoulder. The the person to basically just say, like, come on, kid, do the right thing. You know, hey, hey, you know, you're a monster, but you don't have to be. You know, like constantly trying to stoke his consciousness to becoming awake. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote that Kylo Ren, basically the only thing that's motivating him is he's become obsessed with Ray. It's the only thing left that he cares about is this person 
is this missing link. It's the only thing, it's the only quest I still have to go on. I've succeeded at everything else, but I never defeated or turned or allied. Ray is this person I need to meet and I need to deal with her one way or the other. She's, she's this, this hanging thread I need to deal with. And so I wrote that he leads the Knights of Ren on a galaxy wide track to build a trap for him. I also said that the resistance would become the rebellion and the, the rebellion would be kind of pushed to a stalemate with characters like Finn, Rose and Poe trying to figure out how they're going to solve the problem because they've pushed the first order back as far as their forces could. Um, I would have that Rey is becoming distant because she's become this Jedi. So they're starting to look at her like Luke Skywalker as this, you know, amazing figure. And she's still figuring it out in her own head, but she has to be this symbol for everyone one otherwise. Um, I wrote that Hux is basically holding the empire together. He's the, he's the day manager of the empire. Cause while Kylo Ren wears the crown, he's not doing anything. Hux has to do everything. Um, uh, and then I basically had that the heroes had your plan to jump to Coruscant to destroy the main hyperspace tracking center so that they can actually move and actually turn the tide in this war. Um, and then it would be like Hux and Kylo Ren learn of this despite uh, the protest. Kylo desires to let them arrive unabated so that he can draw them in a trap um, for the rest of the film plays out much like the end of return of the Jedi. The fleet will arrive. And then once the tracking station is destroyed, the heroes survive and foil the trap. Ray faces Kylo and the Knights of Ren showing the strength of the light side, trust and friendship. Kylo is defeated and Ray hold holds him at lightsaber point. He reveals that he recently has a, un, a born child and he wanted uh, strength and security for his, his child. And now all he wants, wants to do is stop this war machine. He started um, to stop and being pulled by his destiny. In the end there, uh, Ray has a lot of pity for Kylo Ren. The fact his life has all been just a puppet of destiny. He's never really chosen what he wanted. Um, and then I would have it that, um, his wife actually strikes the mortal blow on him, disgusted by his weakness. Ray in response dispatches her and then is crushed by the tragedy of all of it. And then I had it that basically cries emerge from another room and Ray beholds the last of the Skywalkers. She decides to raise that child as a Jedi. Uh, the rebel fleet emerges victorious. General Hux and the broken leftovers of the first or order begin to collapse as their defenses are destroyed and they end in surrender and signs accord to dissolve the first order at the end. Wow. So that's what I wrote. That was a heck of a lot of detail. Uh, I th I'm very excited to see how it evolves, okay? Especially considering, yeah, it evolved yeah. quick. <laughs> wow, okay. Mine is not that detailed. That's okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, so mine is more bullet points. Okay. All right. A time jump of at least one year. Okay. Poe will be the leader of the Resistance, at not if not at the beginning, by the midway point of the film. Okay. Like, in title and everything. Okay. Gotcha. Not just spiritually, not He's just... He's General Dameron. Yes, absolutely. Um, the Knights of Ren will be shown and will fight. Yay! Uh, Carrie and Billy D will be used minimally. Mm -hmm. No mention of where Snoke comes from. Yeah, we just kind of leave that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ray will have a new lightsaber at the start of the film. Mm. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Yeah, right? We didn't know. We, we didn't know what was going to happen. She had half a lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, she will be considering herself a Jedi, but Kylo will try and convince her she isn't. Mm. Basically getting those seeds of self-doubt. 
Right. And that will be what she will overcome by the end. She will be oh, confident in her place in the Kylo Ren say, you're not a Jedi yet. Exactly. Uh, the movie will end on a desert planet, or at least the final climactic battle will be on a desert world. Hmm. Moss will be back and will be the one to give the backstory or the exposition, if there is any. Right. Okay. Uh, I put that this could also be Billy D, but I don't think, uh, even then, I don't, you know, I think Moz was more likely at the time I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the movie, there will still be a Skywalker. This will either be Rey or a child of Kylo. Okay. Uh, in some way, right? I didn't go into any more detail, but essentially, there will still be a Skywalker at the end of the film, and I don't believe it will be Kylo. Okay. Uh, Kylo will not survive, so definitely don't think it will be him, at least at this point here. Uh, no funeral scene for Leia or Luke. The Falcon will survive. Chewie will survive. Uh, Finn will not get with Ray. Finn will also not get with Poe. Uh, and let's see, no Phasma. Yeah. And uh, also, I have uh, no Jedi apprentices unless there's some sort of epilogue where Ray is training someone or children. Oh, or okay, like I got gotcha. you. Like we won't see any other Force users come into play. Okay, like we're not going to see Ahsoka show up. Right, right, is right. basically what I'm saying. So those were my thoughts, uh, circa February twentieth, two thousand nineteen. So in the before first, we really had much. So the first half of the year. So let's compare and contrast a little bit. So it sounds like some of the things we maybe because of information we knew at that time, right? We knew that was since JJ was coming back, there were certain things that were going to now, quote unquote, happen. Yeah, like Knights right? of Ren and Mods. Like night- I think those we both got because okay, JJ is here. Correct. Wouldn't feel as confident if this was someone else. Correct. And and yeah, I you know um, we didn't get to that part, but like I had Moz as like part of the the council with you know that's running the resistance yeah. or, or the rebellion because I thought that's a great example of something we didn't know it was going to go that way. We thought even as early as the beginning of this year that it was going to grow from the resistance into the rebellion. Yeah. Little did we know that Galaxy's Edge especially would teach us that. The resistance is going to be named the name of the group as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, they're resisting the authority of the First Order. Um, I loved you mentioned half the lightsaber because I remember thinking like that was such a weird thing to think at the la- end of Last Jedi. Is like it's got like half a lightsaber. She's gonna have to like build that. Is she gonna build her own yeah. or is she just gonna build out of that? Yeah. Well, Leia says we have everything we need right here. That's true. Got those <laughs> the sacred Jedi texts. <laughs> yeah. Um. She does. I think some of the other things that were interesting was we we both feel that it's going to end with Ray coming into her own and not, you know, not really. Um, we both wrote that Ray survives, right? Yes. And I think that is logical. I think it's time for Ray, Finn, and Poe to become more of the characters we wanted. We, we wanted them from the word go to be our new Han, Luke, and Leia. And that never really happened. I mean, we talked that at the end of Last Jedi, the final scene is the first time they're all three in the exact same room conscious at the same time. And it's funny that you talk about it because like when you say we wanted them to be our Han, Luke and Leia, it's interesting because in their personality, in their purpose in the story, they very much are right. Like Poe is your Leia. He's, you know, headstrong. He's getting out there. He wants to be in the action. He wants to be making progress. Right. Mm-hmm. Finn is your Han. He doesn't have a place. He's just trying to survive. He's just trying to get out there. Right. He's yeah. just trying to keep himself moving and going forward. And he doesn't have something he's fighting for. He doesn't have a cause. Right. Right. It takes him until the end of The Last Jedi to have a reason to be there. 
Right. Right. And then Ray obviously is the Luke equivalent, right? Of yeah. coming from nothing, knowing she wants to be part of something bigger, but she doesn't know what that is. Yeah. Right. And I think the thing about it is, I think what I mean by that is, I think we thought they were going to, we thought we spent Force Awakens getting to a point where they were together. Yeah. They're all in Dakar. And then Ray leaves. Yeah. And we're like, oh, well, I guess the sequel movie must be Finn and Poe trying to find Ray. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then it wasn't that. I mean, yeah. admittedly, I got a little bit of that. I got a little bit of my buddy cop because I love the scene where, where Finn's walking around with his suit that's springing yeah, leaks. And Poe's like, yeah. let's uh, let's get you out of this. Because yeah. <laughs> um, their chemistry is great. And it was in, in Force Awakens as well. Um, but what I mean is, I think we thought, you know, you look at Empire. Luke, Han, and Leia are together. That whole movie, they get separated. At the end, they're together you know, as much as they can be with Han out of the picture, but yeah. they're all together on cloud city trying to solve the same problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think you had that kind of open and close, which is good because it actually makes them a different trio, but I'm really hoping this movie is a lot of those three characters working together to solve the galaxy's problems. Um, and I, I yeah. thought that in my treatment, I thought that, you know, you seem to think that same thing too, that these are going to be our prominent characters. I, Absolutely agree. They will be carrying the weight yeah, of this I, film. Um, and I think the other thing we also did. Wait, did you have, did you have Kylo die? Yes. Okay. So let's just establish at this time, we're both in the Kylo can't be redeemed exactly category. Well, not that he can't be redeemed because remember being redeemed is you're being redeemed. Vader was only redeemed in the eyes of Luke and, and, and eventually death. Leia. Right. Right. Kylo can be redeemed in the eyes of Ray. Yeah. But maybe not in the eyes of Finn and Poe and everyone else. Right. Right. And so I think when we talk about redemption, remember, it's not that like the whole galaxy is like, oh, Vader was a good guy the whole time. Right. If That's you, not if what you think we're that, talking read about. Bloodlines. <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I also just want to throw out there is I really, for whatever dumb reason, really thought we were going to because... Last Jedi starts immediately after Force Awakens. I expected so much more of a time gap than it looks like, you know, the, that that first trailer tells us. I, I mean, I, I guess we can just move right on to that. Let's talk Let's about April. Let's go into our predictions after a title, after a trailer. Mac, you saw it first because I was on an airplane and couldn't. So, so, so tell me about it. So... Standing in the checkout line at Star Wars Celebration Store, <laughs> me and like, I don't know, 50 other people around me are all listening and watching the YouTube stream of what is happening two rooms over, you know, but across the street, essentially, at like the main wind, windfall theater or the, the main arena. And we're all like listening to it. And it's all a little out of sync from each other. Of and then, then we get to the like, do you guys want to see it? And then they're like. Here comes the trailer. And it was crazy because basically almost everything stopped. Like, yeah, there were people checking out, but you could see that the clerks were like still moving things through the checkout thing. But nobody else was like, like everyone's staring at their phones. And we see that trailer and we see all this new stuff and we're like, oh, yeah, look, Lando's back in it. And like, oh, what planet is that? Oh, what ship is that? That are, are they on like a hover skiff? Like, what is that? It's like and we're seeing all this imagery 
And it's like, oh, Kylo Ren's mask is back and it has these wicked red veins. That's insane. And then it all came to the conclusion of the cackle of the Emperor. <laughs> now, everyone at a celebration knew that Ian McDiarmid was coming to town, but we thought it was for the episode one panel. Yes. And so after the trailer, he comes on stage because he's part of the episode nine tra- panel as well. Yeah. Um, and one of the most amazing things that I will say about the trailer experience, and you'll remember this when we saw the one for The Last Jedi at your previous celebration, uh-huh. which was also we couldn't get to a new, good screen, so we were looking at it on a phone. Yes. But you remember that feeling of we get through some of the moments and you can hear across an entire exhibit hall people reacting the same way as you. You're hearing this constant echo of your emotions. That was the cool thing that was happening in yes. this as well, is that entire store. And you could hear when it got to the end over where the Star Wars show, like I could hear the people from the Star Wars show across the expo hall going mad mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And just that ripple effect through the entire place. And then all that happened for the next like hour was like, what does that stuff with the Emperor mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? (sighs) That's such a cool experience with it. Mine was so, so different. So for me, the way my Rise of Skywalker kind of, uh, shall we say, excitement has gone is it started off relatively low Mm -hmm. and grew from there. So going in uh, after that first trailer and the title announcement. So I had been like up after like three hours of sleep since 3 (laughs) a.m. It was like now 10 a.m. local time what I was where I was. But because of time zones, I'd been traveling for like 12 hours. I was exhausted. And so like I'm sitting in the San Diego airport waiting for my bags and like trying, sitting on my phone, trying to watch this trailer. <laughs> yeah. And so I finally get it. Like once we get out, we're on the bus going to pick up our rental car. And I'm finally able to watch the trailer. Like I finally got my AirPods out, got one in my ear <laughs> so I could sit there and listen to it. And to be honest with you, I was really nervous because mm. I love The Last Jedi so much. And I was really, really worried. Uh, albeit I am saying now, I think I was worried uh, for no reason. Uh We'll see after I see the movie, but I was really, really worried that there was going to be a lot of backtracking on what the last overreacting to the negativity. Around yeah, it. and I was really worried that when we saw the trailer of like, oh, okay, so the trailer is just like Ray being super powerful and the Emperor being back and things we know being back and like, is this just going to be Force Awakens again? Is this just going to be Return of the Jedi remade in 2019? And I'm not saying that'd be bad, but. After The Last Jedi, I realized a new Star Wars movie in the 2010s can be so much more than a rehash of what we've had before. Sure. Uh, And so I was a little worried. And so the first trailer came out, and I was into it, but I was substantially less excited than I felt coming out of The Force Awakens and going into The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's interesting. But Mac, why don't we talk a little bit now about what your predictions were after you saw that trailer. Yeah. So um, so to be very honest with you, um, once I digested it, because basically um, Chris was still checking out and I came out of the checkout line and I sat back down and I'm like, I got to rewatch it. I guess I like, is it on YouTube yet? And I'm like trying to like re go back through the YouTube live and it's not working to get back to the right sync point to watch it yeah. again. And there's like three other folks sitting like me, like against the wall in the hall waiting. I'm waiting for Chris to come out. And we're just starting to talk. We're just starting to go like, yeah, what do you, what, you know, what do you think? I'm like, like, I don't know. Isn't it weird? It's called the rise of Skywalker. It's like Skywalker. Like, like, is that like a, 
like a title? Is that like about Kylo? Is that going to, is Ray going to finally be a Skywalker? And like, like, I don't know. And then we're talking about like the Emperor and like, what does that mean? And I'll be honest, probably about an hour and a half after all of it happened, I kind of turned inward knives on it. Cause I kind of started going like, you know what? I'm not going to start making an opinion. Cause like that trailer had some moments I really liked and that, lame title and that cackle of the emperor kind of fueled all my fears about the yeah they're just gonna they're gonna not they can't wipe last jedi off the off the screen but they're like well you killed snoke jj's gonna throw the emperor in there because we need my big bad because it's not kylo and i'm like why can't it just be kylo and then and i've i'll be just very honest i'm very negative on the names of all of the uh, sequel trilogy. We'll see if they all make sense once we have the whole thing in context, but they are so picked from the word soup of current day marketing, you know, awakens, rise, storm shadow. Like there, there's so many words that are just so markety that the rise of Skywalker, or as I've said every time until this podcast where you corrected me, the rise of the Skywalker rise of the Skywalker is well, what you like to say. Yeah. Um, is just this thing that I was just like, that is just, look, I understand why a marketing team hears that words like attack of the clones and starts throwing mm-hmm. up. But I also go, but it has star Wars in the box. You can name it anything. It does not have to follow these humdrum, lame, flavorless, um, international blockbuster titles that we've been having. Um, so I was disappointed by that. And like I said, the emperor scared me. And then basically getting to what I took shape of the movie from there. Sure. Was you saw Lando and I was really excited about that because also (laughs) Billy D looked amazing on that stage and seemed to be having a ball of a time. Um, And it just seemed to me that like JJ Abrams had come back and JJ Abrams sort of was trying to, I don't, I want to sound like negative on it, but like writing the ship. He's like, okay, well, I get to stick the landing on this thing I started. So here's the things I care about that I want to put back in there. Um, and I couldn't help but feel the panel was a little bit pandery because especially Dio, the new droid, felt like a, hey, you like the BB-8? We've got another one of those. Huh? Huh? I mean, it still feels like that way until we see his purpose in the movie. Um, and he's cute. I'm not, I'm not going to say he's not cute, but he's uh, he's not BB-8. Um but like that whole thing just just left me with this feeling of I felt they were not talking to you and me, the people who love Last Jedi and want to see those themes paid off. I think he was talking to the people who love Force Awakens and trying to get them back on board. And that just made me feel a little bit more worried about the film. And so when I was looking at it, I'm like, OK, so Lando's back and that's great because we have someone who can carry some of the weight that Carrie can't. Because she's not around anymore. So we need someone from the old trilogy to give some of that exposition. We can learn from a guy who did that little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. He can give us a commanding, general, authoritative character to deliver some of that stuff. Um, I was intrigued by the planets we sort of saw. I was disappointed to see another desert planet. Only because, again, I didn't see anything like it wasn't blue sand or something to make it really different. Um, I was stoked about seeing this, the Thai silencer almost clip Ray. That was awesome. <laughs> um, and I started realizing that my treatment was going right in the shredder because we were starting much closer to the end of Last Jedi than I thought. Yeah. We were going to be a ragtag group 
on the run. We're going to be either running towards or running away from something, but it's going to be Finn, Poe, and Ray in this skiff with R2 and C-3PO and BB-8, and it gave me the impression of an adventure story. We are not going to an epic war ep- drama that I was kind of writing in my own head. This was going to be much more a ragtag group of freedom fighters go on a perilous quest to get the item that will stop the war kind of thing. Um, and I thought the trailer was, to be honest, was very cleverly designed. So you can't figure anything about what the plot is. Yes, I uh, completely agree. So what what did you see in that? Okay. So from April 14th, so about four days after, if I remember correctly, uh, three days, give or take here, whenever that was, uh, so my uh, edits here, basically. So the Skywalker rising is Kylo, like the Jedi returning was Anakin. Okay. Right, first and foremost. Uh, Kylo has been manipulated and controlled by the spirit, ghost, uh, whatever you want to call it, of Influence Palpatine. Influence of, yeah. Yes. Uh, ben has always been a good guy, basically, as he you know says in episode seven, right? I've been pulled again by the light. Uh, basically playing on that moment, which we'll talk about more in a minute here. Uh, but he was manipulated through the objects that Palpatine's spirit was somehow attached to or through contact from the Force realm. Gotcha. Right, so the realm of the cosmic force. Okay. Palpatine will not be alive, but be some Force spirit-like embodiment. Basically, the dark side version of a Force ghost. So probably right. Um, the Death Star scene. So, you know, we see in that first trailer of them kind of like looking out at the Death Star across the water. Uh, oh, and I just want to comment. That was one of those interesting things that was that slow move because we saw it. Yeah. And we're like, what? Is, what is that? And then everyone started piecing together. That's the Death Star. That's going to be in the Endor system. And yeah. like that was just one of these ripply things going through of like, what does that mean through the entire yes. crowd? Uh, now, I did say I thought that would be before the halfway point of the film. Okay. I don't believe that anymore, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, the desert scene with Ray and Kylo is tattooing, and at the end of the film. Yep. That was my uh, prediction there. Uh, R2 gets destroyed, saving the game somehow through self-sacrifice, but possibly his memory or his mind ends up in Dio. Oh. And so initially I was really on this this belief that like the reason Dio exists is so R2 can go on the adventure but not be hindered by his mobility. Right. Right. Because like we see 3PO, we see BB-8. Why is there this other droid and not R2? Right, right, And either that's because he's going to die or because his memory is going to get transferred to a droid droid that's more mobile. Oh, okay. That was kind of my thought. Interesting. Yeah. Now, when Luke says we've passed on, he is referring to other Jedi spirits. So like that Rey is going to get knowledge from Obi-Wan and Gwygon and Yoda, the other Jedi who are in the Cosmic Force realm. And has mm-hmm. still kept their personalities, right? Oh, okay. Um, the Death Star remains are on another moon of Endor, right? Yep. So another another for another moon uh, like Endor was. Uh, the final climax is Ray and Ben, and possibly Luke as a ghost, banishing, destroying Palpatine's hold on the mortal world. Hmm. So that was sort of my initial thought, but then I have a couple spaces and basically saying, or the reason Palpatine is in the movie is to explain that through trying to manipulate the force to create life, he created Anakin. And now the force has created Ray to destroy the lineage of Skywalkers. Okay. And then I put, this seems too complex for a star Wars movie, but Hey, you never know. Okay. So let's talk about the timbre of the space between here and when we've got a theatrical trailer again. Yes. Um, 
So from my perspective, when I left Celebration, the biggest thing I had in my head that was like a solid lock in my skull was we saw the gifts that they were going to be selling at Galaxy's Edge, and I saw Jedi Holocrons and Sith Holocrons, and it made me so happy to see something that started in comic books I liked being a marketable product from Disney. And that got me really fixated on the idea that the Emperor is going to be a holocron. He's going to have been teaching Kylo Ren all this evil stuff and that he's not even an, his, he's an influence after death. He is not a conscious entity that is commenting on the world around him. He is dead. He is dead, dead. You know, Vader's sacrifice killed him. And that was because I felt that I, I never even thought about him being a ghost because I'm like, that's a Jedi thing that Jedi have only recently learned. There's no way the Sith know how to do that. And this is also before I realized, like, we did a topic on Darth Bane and remembering that, oh, yeah, in new canon, we have the Sith haunting their crypts and stuff. So I, I don't know. I just never bought that. But that's just because I don't want Palpatine to be I didn't want the Palpatine to be the big bad. I thought it was just trading Snoke out for something else. And it never was going to feel different to me. Just the way that it was going, that it was, well, Kylo can't carry the movie by himself. So we need to have him have a mastermind villain. And since we're not going to graduate Hux to that or make him carry that part of the villain, you know, being the, the, the more thinking man, like, I guess we need our stand-in for Snoke and well, we'll bring the Emperor back and then we'll start branding it as the saga concludes and, and start really ramping up the engine of this is at the end of the nonogy, you know, the nine movies all culminate into this. I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't at all. So the result of all of this. Oh, and one other thing I want to mention that I came up with in that time was, um, yes, I keep saying the Skywalker because someone said it to me in a line at Celebration and it got stuck in my head of what a Skywalker is the name of going forward the Force users. That like the Jedi, there's no Jedi, there's no Sith, there's this new breed called Skywalkers and Skywalkers are these more balanced people. It's funny because as we know in canon, right, the the, uh, Chiss call their Force-sensitive Skywalkers. Right. Which is funny, right? Uh, As they've added that in uh, recently. So it was one of those things of, to be honest, after, (laughs) to be blunt, the next day when I went to the Mandalorian panel, I basically turned my brain off to almost everything relating to the rise of Skywalker. Not because I wasn't interested, because I'm like, when you actually have something to tell me, Lucasfilm, I will listen. I'm not going to get on Reddit. I'm not going to fall into this trap of watching every single frame and trying to eke out every piece of minutia. I'm like, no, I hurt myself irrecoverably watching Rogue One after reading a novel that really, really made me think this was going to be a different movie than it was. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that to myself again. I want to see the rise of Skywalker as blindly as a Star Wars fan can. You know, I can't completely bl- turn myself off to the force, but like I, I, I basically, I didn't want to join speculation. So I'm like, basically I went dark until the next trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Mac and I are not super speculative people. Yeah. That's just not, I mean, it can be enjoyable and I like thinking about it to myself, but sure. like reading other people's speculation just has never really done a whole lot for me. I think the biggest thing about speculation I've learned from my lesson is, 
I never want to speculate myself to someplace where I like my answer or the answer, I, you know, the theory I've heard more than yeah. the, what they're going to give me. And, yeah. and so we've talked a lot. I've heard a lot of speculation, especially more recently of like, <laughs> well, it's going to be this. And it's going to be that. And I'm like, it reminds me of like when Snoke was going to be, you know, Darth, um, Plagueis. Darth Plagueis brought yeah. back and he's a mun and it makes so much sense. Look at my look at my 3D model I made from the one image we see of the hologram. Like, yeah, but how do you explain that in two hours? Yes. This has been my answer to every really complex theory I've heard is like, that's cool. But how do you show that yeah. to me to fit it into a two hour narrative? Yeah. Because it has to. Like, as soon as you're like, yeah, the time travel from Rebels is going to be in episode nine. I'm like. Yeah, but how do you explain that in two children's movie? Uh, You know, so I mean, I get that. I get that. Okay, now I do want to point out and say that every trailer that has come out since has gotten me progressively more hyped. Yeah. By the time we got to the trailer that came with the tickets going on sale, I mean, obviously, I was in. Like, we knew I was in. Like, it's not a like I'm going to see the movie multiple times, no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. I could walk out of it the first show and be like, this is my least favorite Star Wars movie. And I'm still going back 30 minutes later for my second showing. Like, (laughs) no matter what happens. Yeah. I will see this movie multiple times, you know, within the first 24 hours. And it's going to be great. I think no matter what, no matter what your opinions or predictions are, it's going to be great. But what I really want it to be is satisfying. Sure. After Endgame, which came about 15 oh days gosh. after the predictions that I wrote here, or whatever Insane it was. to think about that. Right? right? But, like, I never thought Endgame could leave me feeling as satisfied as I was. Oh, my God. Is it my favorite Marvel movie out of the 23 that make up that saga? No. Did I like it as much as Infinity War? Maybe not. But it f- satisfied me. It, it felt justified like... 21 movies worth yes. of work. And so... As long as The Rise of Skywalker does that, gives me a conclusion that I can feel satisfied and that I feel is earned, I think I'll be happy no matter what after that. And actually, let me position this a little bit. So as a guy who read um, Infinity War and a bunch of comic books, I had my own thoughts on how they were going to wrap up the Marvel movies. And I avoided everything about that. I'm like, I don't want to hear your pet theories. I I don't want to think the comic book is relatively, I would say, cynical. About what oh, Endgame, Endgame would do before it came out. I was fully convinced that the only way for them to get what they wanted done was either a straight up about face retcon of what they finished with Infinity War. Or that they were going to be unable to stick the landing because there's just too much work to get done and even a stretching it to three hour movie. Mm-hmm. And let's just say that I don't think Rise of Skywalker is going to floor me, but I I literally had to go pick my job off the floor of yeah. spoiler alert if you didn't watch the most successful movie of all time somehow um when in end game it goes boom block letters five years later yes there's no universe i could have ever lived in where i thought that they would have the cojones to tell that story and i was so so happy that i had basically done Nothing. I went dark on Marvel after Infinity War. I'm like, okay, I know where they want to end. I know what I think is going to happen. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't yeah. need to hear everyone's pet theories because I'm like, yes, there's a Spider-Man movie coming out this summer. Yes, they'll find a way to bring Peter Parker back. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to pull back. But the way that they did it, and more importantly, 
the fact that unlike their comic book that they are source material from, they didn't really retcon it. They really let the decimation has a lasting impact on that universe yes. forever. Yes. It's not just gone. Those five years yes. are gone. They never will be back. And the world went on with all these people who blinked back into existence, blipped back to existence five years later. And I'm like, that set me up for, like you, in a completely different context of, oh my gosh, Rise of Skywalker could do it. This movie did the impossible. Yeah. And, and to a level I couldn't imagine. So let me add a little cynicism, as you said. I'm being a little more cynical. Going up to the new trailers, I haven't been as excited about Rise of Skywalker. I'll be honest, I was still really cool on Rise of Skywalker of like, I'm not going to really like this movie. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's not going to be Rogue One. It's not going to make me have a crisis of identity going like, I don't like Star Wars, but this is a Star Wars movie and I don't like it, but I love Star Wars and having me go on two hour trips driving around trying to deal with myself. And the only time in modern times I didn't see a Star Wars movie within 24 hours twice. Yeah. Um, it won't do that to me, barring one, one contingency won't do that to me. So, um, but I've been cynical on it because I'm like JJ Abrams. I love his work, but he's really bad at endings. If you've watched lost or to a lesser degree, things like even super eight, if you've watched pretty much anything he's ever done, uh, uh, fringe, like, Endings aren't his strong suit. Yeah. He's much better at setting a premise and a mood and delivering on that. Yeah. And so I just don't have a lot of faith he's going to stick the landing. Especially when it's also co-written by the guy who wrote, what, Justice League and Batman versus Superman? Not exactly Two movies the with most great well-crafted stories, right? And let's also be honest. This is a movie that, like, three times over has been basically scrapped and started again. Because you had whatever original treatment when... Lucasfilm wrote their here's what the sequels are going to be whatever that original arc was which you know might have just been napkins or index cards on a cork board but like Mm -hmm. they had some idea and then they made Force Awakens and reacted to it and then they had Ryan they gave him the keys and he made a very different movie well take the cork board board down we got to put a new one up because Ryan has made all the context of certain things different, like Snoke's dad. And I don't know if they knew that when they wrote the first trilogy treatment. Okay. Now Carrie Fisher's dead. Okay. Well, we had her as a pillar bearing character the whole time in nine. So we got to rebuild around that and rewrite all of our lines to lines. We already have. And then the director drops out. So we need to court JJ to come back. And then the guy who, you know, wrote the original treatment Minson was working on the script. That writing team basically gets shot out when JJ comes in and he brings his own writing partners in to try and finish it. Like this movie three times over got warped into different things, which really, again, puts more weight on. Well, maybe this won't work out. And then to me, last but not least, um, the biggest thing that didn't give me much confidence in it was Star Wars's fandom was in a bad place. And no matter how good it was, I was worried about the toxicity. You know, Solo, I adored that movie and people didn't want to see it. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, very happy with Last Jedi and half the Star Wars fans, including a member of my immediate family who made it really hard to uh, not be anything but a apologist, like really didn't like it. Um, It was rough. But then something started happening. I went to Celebration. Celebration made me go, okay, Last Jedi is not this 
schism in the fandom like I thought. It's just a taboo topic. <laughs> the conversations we had is like, what do you think of Last Jedi? Eh, I don't really care for it. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna poke that wound. Cool. Oh, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked it too. Like it was a kind, gentle, like response, you know, responsible way of communicating that some people were totally disappointed with it and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um and the other thing that was going on is I saw Mandalorian. I got to see so much more of the Mandalorian than most people at Celebration. And I knew Star Wars was going to be great for me this year. And I didn't care. That movie could go burn in the sea for all I care. It could fall <laughs> off the edge of the earth. And I'm like, Star Wars is okay. Because John Favreau is making everything I want out of Star Wars. And so until about a month ago, I've been pretty cynical. And to be honest, utterly disinterested. When the D23 thing came... D23 came out. I didn't want to watch it. You didn't for a while. I didn't watch it for like two weeks. And I only eventually broke down because I was sick of hearing this thing about like, oh, evil rays in it. I'm like, there is no way (laughs) that Disney is going to take the core crown jewel of their newly diversified cast that is inspiring women to buy Star Wars products at record levels. The, the, her universe people do not want Ray to turn evil. Remember, that was my original thought with The Force Awakens. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if in this trilogy we start out where you have a good guy and a bad guy, and by the middle of the second movie, they switch, and, like, Kylo becomes your good guy and Rey becomes your bad guy? I I wanted that so bad. Well, we talked about how cool that would be. Oh, that won't happen. And then we're like, oh, wow, this is, this is like, I feel like a pool to the light side. Like, oh, my God, Kylo Ren could be that guy. And he just killed Han Solo, so that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, yeah he's, that's basically where that theory of mine ended. Um, but up until then, I thought it could happen. And people are still fighting for that one. Um, so, so you had all of that going on, and then about a month ago, my opinion completely changed. Um, oh, and and the theatrical trailer, I hadn't watched it until a mo- exactly a month ago, like almost yeah. to the day, because a month ago, two things happened: a game that I pre-ordered on the celebration floor that. The way Microsoft works, you can't. It's not till it ships. They 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 charged me for Jedi Fallen Order at the convention hall in April, and so I yeah. owned Last Fallen Order. And I'm like, I hate Dark Souls games. I guess I own it, so I guess I'll try playing it. And I was really not expecting to enjoy it because I'm terrible at those times of games. And the narrative of Fallen Order was so good. I beat it in like four days because I just needed to see more of what was going on with that. And then the Mandalorian came out and I saw two episodes of the Mandalorian. And I'm like, this is even better than what Favreau showed us. And I was just in this warm hearted place of like, Star Wars is going to be okay. The fact that this game could tell such a punching above its weight story. And the fact that this show has even more going on with it than I could ever have imagined. It's not just a space Western. It's a space Western using an old style, a traditional style of cinematic storytelling with quiet characters that are telling with their body languages, their nods, the camera and how they're spaced in the cameras, how we're telling the story. I'm like, maybe star Wars is going to be okay. Yeah. And so then I watched the new trailer and I was like, that trailer looked pretty solid. The theatrical trailer for, um, Ryan Skywalker, I'm like, cool. I'm ready to see Pasana because apparently we are on a different desert planet. Because I thought, like you, that it was on Tatooine, um, <laughs> or at least Jakku. Um, 
and some stuff started falling in place and I got over my problems with the Emperor. I'm like, if he's back as a force ghost or just a, an entity, that's fine. As long as he's countered by Luke also being there, like that would be okay. I, yeah. I could deal with that in a way. Maybe it's going to be dark empire and he's a clone. I don't care. Um, and just the wild theories were just plinking off my bulletproof armor of like, yeah, but how do you describe that in two hours in a movie made for children? Um, <laughs> which is the easiest way to dispel the really in the weeds theories. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to put it this way. I'm so excited to get to the end of this week and watch this movie. We've never been closer. We have never been closer. Okay. So now that we're this close, is it time to give our final predictions? I think it is. All right, Mac, why don't you lead us off? All right. So I may be giving Disney too much faith because Endgame was an impressive marketing campaign of showing you nothing. I mean, everything you saw in Endgame's campaign happens in the first 10 minutes of the film. Like everything. That whole movie was secret. I feel that Rise is going to have the same thing. I think we everything we've seen is act one. I think we are going to start off on that desert planet. I think that's going to be our opening adventure, reintroducing us to our characters and the stuff they're going for. And they're on the run from Kylo Ren and his tile silencer. And we're seeing that Ray has built a lightsaber and that she can stand her own. And that those people are going to find out that Kylo Ren has been getting instruction from the emperor, whether that's a holocron or whatever. And that's going to lead them to where he's been learning this, which is the relics of the death star. And that we are going to go to that place. And that is going to lead us to the end game. And that that end game is going to take place elsewhere, that there's going to be a space battle that allows um, Rose and Finn and Poe to have a part of the story. And that there's going to be a, um, a duel in whatever that really slick looking white room is that's in the newest like pieces of trailer that have been coming out. And that is me giving Disney a lot of credit because I think much like the Mandalorian, we did not know about baby Yoda. We didn't everything I saw except for three things that I still know about that come later in the show. Everything about that show changed by the time you got to episode three from all the marketing materials. And I think that's, I think that's Disney's easiest way to surprise and delight. It says it has Star Wars in the box. You're going to come see it. So we're going to hide the good stuff. So you don't know about it till you get in there. Yeah. A lot of movies feel they need to show you the best things in the trailer. Right. And it's something that frankly, I'm a little worried about because I feel like unlike force awakens and last Jedi, I feel like we've seen a lot in these we, trailers. Yeah. I feel like now that we've got all these different, we've got three main trailers. We've got um, a bunch of TV spots. I feel like I have too good of an idea of what's going to happen. And one of the best things that could happen in the rise of Skywalker is I could be surprised the yeah. same way. I felt surprised by what happens in the last well, Jedi. I want to be surprised again. I don't want to feel like it's going to be very predictable. Well, let me guide you down this path then. Okay. So I don't feel like, I think a lot of the, like you see all those star destroyers in the clouds and you've seen little wisps of like space battles. I'm like, that all looks like they could take place on that planet where the death star is that other moon of Endor. Yeah. So let me ask you, how do you, from all this material, what is the complete picture that's forming in your head? What do you see the beats of the story being based on what we've seen? Okay. So 
I do have some notes, and I am going to read yeah, them. Yeah. But before I do that, let me give you kind of off the cuff. This is just off the top of my head. Yeah. What I think the big picture is going to look like and where I think the structure, based on what we've seen in trailers and based on what we've learned from all the Journey 2 material and all that, where it's going to take us. So first and foremost, since this is the first time you're really hearing us speculate in depth, this is going to be interesting. I'm really excited to hear if you guys like this type of talk from us or not. Yeah, and if you don't, the nice thing is, don't worry, this will all be wrong in about (laughs) four days. So I think when we look at predicting for a movie specifically, we have to look at two things. We have to look at the other Star Wars movies. Yes. Because this is not just a conclusion to a trilogy. It's a conclusion to nine films. A nonology. You know. So not only that, but we have to look at what is said in these films. And we also Mm. have to look at what did J.J. do specifically. Okay. So there are three things that I think are going to kind of shape the overall story. Okay. Number one is in episode three. When Palpatine has that line of the dark side is a path to many abilities that some consider to be unnatural. Okay. Episode seven, when Kylo is talking to the Darth Vader helmet, I feel it again, the pull to the light. Show me again the way to the darkness, grandfather, or whatever, you know, the amalgamation that he says of that. Yeah. And then in episode eight, this is the one, you know, obviously outside of uh, JJ here, but uh, uh, the legacy of the Jedi is failure. Yeah, I think those three moments are going to make up our biggest plot points. Okay, so I think it's going to come uh, to we're going to come to learn, not necessarily in this order or at the beginning or whatever. We're going to come to learn that basically, when Palpatine was thrown down the shaft in the Death Star, those blue lights that we see coming up, right? Those kind of like energy. energy pulses is essentially his unnatural ability that he has learned by being so powerful in the dark side. The Jedi, their ability that Gwygon learns and teaches to Yoda, who teaches to Obi-Wan, who yeah. we presume teaches to Luke or whatever, right? Whoever te- these Jedi, they have this force spirit power. They're letting themselves go. And because they're moving into the cosmic force from the living force, they basically surrender themselves to this natural thing. Whereas the dark side users, their ability is going to be the opposite. They're going to do everything they can to cling to the mortal world. Mm -hmm. And that's that unnatural ability that Palpatine is talking about. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be basically those blue pulses we see at the end of Return of the Jedi, him imbuing his memories or his knowledge or his spirit, his essence, however you want to phrase it, right? His dark side force ghost onto Vader's helmet. Okay. Okay. So Palpatine's spirit to try and survive, his mortal body was going to die. And he He almost like tries to... He has a dark side power that we're going to learn about that enabled him to attach himself to this object. Well, basically like try to attach himself probably to Vader. To like, a powerful to like, dark side object. I'm, 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 well, I would see this like he's trying to possess Vader, but Vader's already been saved, so he gets stuck in the armor rather than the person. I could see that. Okay, I wouldn't go a possession route through and through. Well, but it I just seems saying, if you're yeah. in a giant, giant battle station, yeah. attaching yourself specifically to a helmet seems like a really weird pull. Well, we don't know how the powers work, right? Well, no, in, no, I, and I that you're... brings me to in Star Wars canon, we've seen this twice. Okay, we've seen uh, Bane, right? Is yeah. It, is it Bane in Clone Wars at the end Darth of Bane. season six? Yeah. So we see Bane who's haunting his tomb. Yep. 
And then in the Star Wars comics, we see Lord Momin attach his his essence to a mask. Oh, okay. right. And then he, that character, is able to come back by someone putting on that mask and he possesses them. Okay. So Palpatine's unnatural ability, one of the things he speaks about in episode three, he then performs at the end of episode six to hold on to his mortal grasp on the world. Okay. Then we have Kylo talking to the Vader helmet. Kylo believes that he has been being shown to the path by Darth Vader. Yes. That makes no sense because Vader is not his own person. Um, Wait, that makes no sense to us, the audience who knows who Anakin Skywalker is. Sure, 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 sure. But Kylo, one of two things is happening. Either he's having some sort of force vision and interpreting it in a really weird and wrong way. Or someone else is manipulating Kylo. Right. Kylo thinks he's speaking to Vader, but in reality, he's speaking to Palpatine. Palpatine is basically pretending to be Vader through this helmet, trying to manipulate Kylo and pull him to the dark side. And I think we're going to learn that that black ring that Snoke wears was also something that was manipulating him. Okay. And basically Palpatine was pulling the strings somehow from this catatonic state or whatever you know he's in. Well, we talked. To, we talked to a number of episodes ago right. about Exar Kun. The idea of yeah. this just this disembodied will yeah. that's so running around the galaxy, yeah. working through people. So basically, Palpatine influences Snoke, who then is able to pull the strings with Kylo. Yes. And once Kylo has the Vader helmet, that's it. Right. He's been got. Right. So he's pulled in. Okay. So. We have basically Palpatine. We have this scene from episode seven with Kylo talking to the helmet about like Kylo. Ben's a good guy. Ben is being pulled towards the light. The will of the force is trying to bring Ben towards the light. Yeah. But Palpatine is fighting against it. Okay. Now, let's take a minute and zoom back before we get into my exact predictions. Okay. So the third thing I said was the failure of the Jedi. Yes. And this is maybe more... This is where I think of this can't be in a two-hour movie, like to our point earlier. <laughs> okay. But what I think there maybe could be some pieces of. Luke is 100% right when he says the legacy of the Jedi is failure. Yes. We've seen it, right? We've seen the Jedi fail. Yes. Even the Jedi we know in the original trilogy, Obi-Wan and Yoda, give Luke bad advice. Yes. Right? Don't go fight Vader. Don't face him. You're not ready. But in turn, it's Luke going to fight Vader and learning that he's father that eventually allows him to overcome him in the next episode. Well, and they also say, if you're going to go face him, murder him. Just straight up murder him. Yeah. And clearly, those characters are wrong. And now we've learned through the prequels those characters were wrong. They made mistakes, right? They failed. And yes, Obi-Wan and Yoda both became better because of it. But that doesn't mean they weren't perfect or they weren't still making mistakes. So what I think we're going to see in this movie is that the cosmic force has a will. And this is where I think it comes back to you said, these titles need to make more sense. I think The Force Awakens is going to be one of the most interesting Star Wars titles when this is all said and done. Hopefully. Because I think we're going to learn that the cosmic force has a will. Basically, that the universe has a destiny, and the cosmic force is always trying to guide the universe in the right direction. Okay? Okay? So my opinion of it is, we've already been established by George and by some other people that... Balance in the force means the dark side is non-existent. When you manipulate the force through the dark side, it creates imbalance. Right. So what I'm hypothesizing here is that the legacy of the Jedi is failure. And because the Jedi kept failing and the force kept trying to intervene, 
because of the Jedi and because of the Sith manipulating something they shouldn't have been, that has what's caused all this imbalance. Okay. So essentially, hear me out. Here, I'm listening. By Palpatine coming back, by the Sith revealing themselves, mm-hmm. okay, the Force creates Anakin. Okay. Anakin's goal is to bring balance to the Force. Because the Jedi prophesies about someone bringing balance to the Force and Gwygon becomes obsessed with those prophecies, yes. right, he ends up believing that Anakin needs to be brought into the Jedi Temple. But in reality, the only reason Gwygon ends up on Tatooine is because of influence from the Sith. If the Sith had not interfe- uh, interfered, with the Gwygon and Obi-Wan yep. would never have ended up on Tatooine and discovered Anakin. Right. Sure. So now all of a sudden, here you have a Jedi coming in and messing things up. The Force was like, nope, we created this virgin birth. This guy's going to bring balance. Give it like 20 years. He'll make his way into the galaxy and he'll make it happen. Yes. The will of the Force. But nope, the Jedi mess up. So the Force is like, okay, we got to change it up here. And now they're like, let's send Padme. Let's send Padme in. Let's get him out of this. Padme, get him pull out him away order. from this, right? They try it. But then through meddling by Sidious again, the Clone War starts and Anakin is pulled right back in. Yep. So every time the Force tries to correct, yeah. the Sith do something that screws well, it up. Well, the Sith or the Jedi. The, the, right. But the, the Jedi are reacting because of what the Sith have done. Gotcha. So the Jedi are essentially failing because of the Sith. Because the Sith are able to exist, the Jedi have failed. The Force is out okay. of balance, okay. right? Then we have the final attempt by the Cosmic Force. Padme is now pregnant. Come with me. Let's leave all this behind, right? Let's go off to Naboo and raise our children. Let's leave all of this. The Force, once again, trying to pull Anakin away. Because of interference from Sidious and Tyrannus, doesn't happen, right? And so at this point, the Force is like, there's nothing else we can do. We, We thought we had this. We thought he was the person who would bring balance. We created him for that purpose, it didn't work. Let's try another plan. And that's where Luke comes in, right? Yep. So at this point, we've established that the Jedi have fallen. Mm-hmm. We've established that the Force is trying to manipulate the universe in a good way. But because of interference and imbalance from the Sith, it has not been able to balance itself out and correct itself. Right. So we get to the end of episode six. And because Luke is able to do what Padme couldn't, able to draw Vader back, draw him away. He brings balance to the force. And we have this from the mouth of Luke for many years. There was balance, right? Because the dark side was gone. But then meddling from Palpatine again from beyond the grave (laughs) causes Snoke to get the force out of balance, which causes the force to awaken and create Rey. Gotcha. So Rey is essentially the force's second attempt at a virgin birth to bring balance. Okay. Okay. So we have basically, and that, you know, kind of makes sense when you look at about 10 years after Return of the Jedi, Rey would be born, right? I mean, give or take, right? Yeah, yeah. 10 years is when she would start her incubation cycle inside of whoever her mother was, right? Yeah, she's she's 20 something. Right? So that makes sense. That's enough time for like whatever Sidious is doing from beyond the grave to do whatever that is, right? And then the force acts and creates Rey because they realize the force is going out of balance again. Dude, whatever meddling Sidious is doing. So fast forward, uh, basically by Luke touching the dark side, right? By attempting to have the the thought of possibly killing his nephew, 
Yeah. And touching the dark side, his little bout with the dark side throws it out of balance permanently. And that's what causes this schism that brings Ray essentially into the fold full force. Sure. Okay. I can, okay. I can roll with that. So essentially what we have here is this legacy of the force trying to guide the war- guide the universe. Right. The Sith being a, a, a rock in the stream that's causing the path to flow out. Right. And while the Jedi are still trying to keep the water going straight, right, there are certain things they can't overcome. So tell me what you think so far. So, I mean, I think my thing is, okay, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to say something dismissive, then we're going to move on. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a two-hour movie for kids. Oh, 100%. Um, I think the biggest thing about it is, and I think the, okay, this is truly my inner cynic coming out. I really think the whole, hey, we're bringing close to the saga is marketing. I really, well, really that'll believe be, that. that'll be what we'll and, find and, and out. Cause, and I think the reason is cause I'm like, there isn't a through line through all eight movies that you can connect it all together. And I think you have made a very compelling case for one that I would buy in the, in the theater. But I still think your theory is coming from the same place if they have one they're coming from, which is, okay, if I look back on these eight films, what's something I can find that ties them all together? You know, we're looking for an answer rather than there naturally being one. And I think that's because inherently the original trilogy had the downfall of Anakin beforehand. And a lot of people, I think one of the reasons they don't like the prequels is they didn't need that story. Like, Anakin was a good man, then he wasn't. I didn't need to see that. I'm Mac needed to see that. Um, and I'm very glad that I did. Um, but I feel that the first six movies complete an overall arc. Cause all it did was it recontextualized the story as Anakin's right. And then when you see it from that perspective, then Luke's just the second half of his life. Yes. Luke is the thing that saves him and brings him back from redemption on that fulcrum. That's between three and four. The problem is when new, when force awakens began, they really wanted to establish their new characters and they really threw our main characters to the wind. Luke is out of the picture. He's not even really barely in this mm-hmm. movie. Han and Leia have both failed. They've fallen back into their position. All the diplomacy Leia believed in, she ended up being a warrior again anyway. Yeah. You know, for all the stability and warmth that like Han got, he ended up just being a wheeling dealing con man. Again, like they all sort of ended up in a place where it really made the end of Jedi feel stolen. It really like it made it feel like, oh, I guess we didn't really win the war, did we? We just delayed the next war. It's it's like looking at our history and looking at the end of World War Two and going like, hey, the war's over and the Cold War begins like there's a certain downer to all of it. And Mm -hmm. I feel that because of the way that they did that. There's nothing in seven that feels like anything other than the start of a new story, a new story that has the backstory of the first six. But I, I'll be honest, when seven was coming out, I was I'm like, oh, awesome. This is the first of the hexology, nonology of Disney's. And this is like the sky. The Anakin saga is over. And now we're starting the saga of Ray. Yeah. And those are two different stories in the poetic edda sure. here. Like. And now suddenly at the end of this 
sequel trilogy where Last Jedi builds up Rey and starts making she's even more sensible than Luke is. She she has her own destiny about her and she's okay with it because mm-hmm. she's choosing it. And you're like, I'm gonna go talk to Kylo and I'm gonna bring him back and this is gonna work. And Luke's like, that won't work. She's like, Well, I believe in myself, even if you don't. I'm like, wow, this lady is coming into her own. And now we're getting to what what like i feel like i'm most worried they're not gonna stick the landing on a sequel let alone nine movies stitched together and see i would normally feel like i would agree but after endgame who am i to say no no, no. i think the thing about endgame wrong there and they can do it again i think the thing with endgame is it can be done that 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 is the amazing thing and to me i feel they're gonna i'm gonna stick the sequel like i think the sequel trilogy is gonna have a nice arc to it that being said, if all they do is focus on Luke, Leia, Palpatine, Lando, and they let our three main characters be, yes, the driving force of the movie, but they have, you know, as much screen time as legacy characters, then I feel the entire sequel trilogy will show its colors that it's a nostalgia engine and it's having it's having a hard time telling new stories unless they are derivative stories like It'll be interesting because I don't think that'll happen. I hope it doesn't. But I, I don't want to sound time, so cynical as to think if that's where they're gonna yeah. market it as the conclusion to nine films, not just two. Yeah. Then it needs to have pieces of the story. I think it would you be can't nice. Just paste Palpatine and Jar Jar in there and be like, see, it connects. Yeah. Like you need you need it to be part of the story, not just a MacGuffin. It would be nice, but I really don't. I just the development of this story. I just don't. I feel that there would have to have been a lot more groundwork in two movies to sell what they're trying to sell. But are there things there that we won't recognize until the final and, piece? And that's in the place. exciting thing, right? right? Is that like you said, like maybe me going, oh, the Force Awakens. What does that even mean? Maybe that has a tremendous and profound meaning. Looking backwards, yeah. right? And I'm. I know the biggest thing I want to say is. I may be cynical about what's going to happen at the end of this week. I am not jaded, though. If they give me better answers, I'm super excited to take them. Because the the I'm worried about what it will be, but I'm excited about what it's going to be. And I'm just going to leave the last cynicism so I can just be positive from here on out. Yeah. The only thing that will kill me, the only thing that I don't have an equipped imagination to see a universe that I will accept it is if you steal the agency of Ray being her own person, if she really was a secret child of the Solos or the Skywalkers, if she really isn't her own person, she's a clone of Palpatine, and she now suddenly has to rise above that, or she's a virgins in the Force, and no one, including her, knew that until right now. Like, there is so much about Ray I love, and... The one thing in the trailer gives me so much hope where she's like, everyone's telling me who they think I am, but nobody knows. And all I want is I want the Ray, the brand new minted, not connected to anything else character to survive this movie as her own person, not some convoluted fan theory of how to stitch her back into legacy stuff. If she takes the name Skywalker at the end as an honor, grand but in my opinion Ray's last name should be nothing 
because she's her own thing. I agree. I think we're both in the camp of if the rise of Skywalker refers to Rey, right. she will not be a direct blood child of Luke. Correct. Right, or Leia. Well, I think she will be either ceremoniously or, as I said, in hypothetical theory, theory another yeah. virgin birth. Yeah. The same thing as Anakin because she has the same father, the Force. I No, I see what you're saying. Right, yeah, and, like... It's... Then I could see it and be like, if Luke is the one to explain that to her or something, I think that could work well. Because I think it satisfies both ends. People who want her to be Jaina Solo and people who want her to be, you know, something else, something unique. Yeah, and and that's just because, I'll I'll be honest, as someone who, you know, um, grew up being very, to be blunt, very typecast because of his family and its influence over a small town. Um, And someone who chased away from his entire life from the responsibility of becoming the same thing as my father and my father before that. And the father before that, I hate bloodline stories and I despise them. And I always have. It's one of the reasons fantasy is hard for me to engage. Why game of Thrones, I couldn't get through more than an hour of it. I hate families and bloodlines defining you. And so if Ray becomes that, I think that makes star Wars and irreparably smaller place. But thankfully it doesn't really matter because I have the Mandalorian. It's right over here. So I'm happy with star Wars and I will leave that theater happy with star Wars, no matter what they do. I just feel that this movie's make or break is, can you justify these stories as as important as the six that begot it? And that's the real thing that is like the impossible task that, like you said, like Endgame, I can't wait to see if they pull this rabbit out of the hat. Because they have all the tools they need to do it. It's just a matter of, can they? Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I think no matter what, I'm going to be excited about it. I think no matter what, I'm going to have fun. But I hope that a year from now, I still feel like it has meat on the bone. Me too. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, so I do have a couple other cleanup points, but is yeah, there yeah. anything else you wanted no, to add? No, I, I think I've I think uh, I think I've exhausted okay. most of my thoughts. So uh, a couple here that I already said, and a couple that are kind of new. Uh, so at the beginning, Ray will be struggling with her power place in this story. Yeah, which I wouldn't have said at the end of the Last Jedi, but with trailers now, I think that's where. Well, we're especially at. like that's a way to interpret the line I'm fixated on, which is the nobody knows me. Yes. Like she's trying to figure out her place in the universe. Yeah. And I think she's going to be training with Leia. I think we're going to see that Leia knows the force more yeah. than we've seen so far. Uh, be, through this, she will become confident in her power. Uh, Luke will fill in the story with the story gaps to help answer the questions of her place in the galaxy. And that uh, Leia will have a Yoda style death in the first act where she's basically been weakening uh, progressively since her time being blown out of the bridge. You really think that? And she will have a a fadeaway death, yeah. I really don't think they're going to kill her just because I think that they... If they're going to kill her, I think they'd backpedal even further. I don't think they'd work so hard to integrate these leftover scenes they have from Force Awakens if she dies. I'll just... Predictions. 
I expect that General Solo will be alive and well at the end of this movie. And I 100% would feel the opposite. So I'm very excited. So there we go. We There's a nice binary that. that we can talk yeah. about on Friday. Okay. Um, Ray and Kylo will meet at the end of each act. So they will have three fights. Oh, okay. They'll have a fight with the TIE fighter scene we've seen. We've now seen they're going to meet in that white room. And then they will meet on the remains of the Death Star. Because, again, from your... Wow, we got really far away from that. But from your perspective, the scenes you saw... You believe that it's going to so begin it's on desert the... planet, so Pasana, yeah. Um, then jungle, right where Ray is training with okay. Leia, and then that'll be the end of Leia and the end of the first act. Okay. Then we have that snowy planet. Okay. That will then culminate the end of the second act in that white room. See, this is why I haven't I, I haven't watched this stuff. I'm not clicking with a snowy planet. I trust you that it's in there. Yeah. Um. And then it will end with Kylo and Ray meeting on, uh, we assume, Star Destroyer. Okay. Right in that white room. Well, uh, well, some some sort of installation. Yep. And then it will, the third act will end on the Death Star remains. Okay. That's kind of where I think it'll go. But I think Ray and Kylo will meet and will clash sabers at the end of each act of this film. I, thumbs up on that. Uh, and this is where when I say, like, I feel like I know too much about this plot... Hopefully I'm wrong. I hope I'm totally wrong. Just wait. We get down there. But and like the opening crawl says five years later. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. Like Dude. with The Force Awakens, we only really saw the first act of that movie. And like, to be frank, I felt kind of bored on Jakku compared to some of the other stuff because I felt like we had seen it already. Yeah. Uh, whereas now I'm a little worried we've seen a lot. And I'm really hoping that's not the case. I really want to be surprised. Uh, okay. So, Kylo will be exploring the galaxy for Sith artifacts in an effort to resurrect Vader. Okay. He thinks he's attempting to resurrect Vader. Really, he's going to resurrect Palpatine. Okay. I see what you're saying with that. Yeah. Uh, the Emperor has been possessing the helmet of Vader, tricking Kylo into bringing him back to life. Right? We, t- we talked about that a little bit already. Okay. Uh, Rey will have her dark vision when she touches Vader's helmet. Oh, right, and right. she's going to yeah, be the one to let Palpatine know, like, I don't think this is right. Let's just or to real let Kylo know. We, we, we mentioned this, but yes, at the D23 specifically, they have like the goth Ray. They have Ray with a, a red lightsaber that has the nunchuck style yeah. thing to it. And like, I think you and I are both on the same page of like, that's a force vision of somebody, whether it's Kylo or whether it's her. There is no universe where she goes evil in yeah. this movie. Yeah, because I think we will also learn that Ray has Quinlan Voss style powers where she can touch an artifact. Force and, echoes, like Cal Kestis in the new yes. Fallen Order has that, And too. also uh, the name of the character whose name I can't remember in Force Collector. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, let's see. She will convince Kylo the helmet needs destroyed and has been the influence of his dark nature. And this will essentially be the return, the beginning of the return to his call to light. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll have themes of failure of the Jedi. We will have some sort of callback to those unnatural abilities from episode three that I talked about. Uh, Poe will kill Hux. Interesting. Okay. Uh, we will have tones of the will of the force. Like that will be said. Will of the force will be said by Luke or, you know, the, the destiny of the force or whatever. Like, you know, some greater predetermined path. Okay. Right. Uh, Finn is from the same village as Jonna, And we will get a little bit of his backstory. 
So like they're okay. from the same tribe or who knows if they'll be like their brother and sister or whatever. But that other character, what's her name? Naomi Aki. Is that the actress name? That sounds right. Uh, John. Ar- actually, we should we yeah. should we should actually probably throw those two. Those are two yeah. things. Also, we know we know of at least two new characters. We should probably stitch them into what our thoughts are going to be about them. Well, the thing is, I don't know a lot on. about them other than I do think now that Finn and her, I think they're going to tell a little bit of Finn's backstory for whatever reason. They're going to feel the that's the place he was stolen from. Yeah. And I think it's going to be that tribe or whatever. Right. Uh, 3PO will have his memory pulled to reveal some integral secret to the plot, something that they're after, some MacGuffin they're after. And that will be, you know, an important part of it. Yeah. And that might be either how we lose 3PO in this movie or, it gives him a bigger role to play. But like, I think the scenes we've seen of three PO with Babu freak inside of his head and all that, they're trying to, even though his memory has been wiped, they're trying to go back and find some important detail about Vader or whatever that will help them. Yeah. And, and okay. So just stating a few things that are like standouts from the, we've been talking a lot of broad strokes about what we feel about the, the feelings of the movie. Let's touch on a few things that have been introduced that we do know are going to happen here at the end game. So, um, I think you have the character, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. The, the little guy inside C3PO, uh, Babu freak. I feel that he is going to be a minor thing of just, he's a master droid Mac maker. Who's going to figure out, like you said, to find out that, Oh yeah, this C3PO is made by Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> and that, but see, then you get into fan theories of like, well, did did Vader leave uh, uh, his whereabouts of uh, Mustafar Castle or something inside C-3PO's head on Cloud City and a whole bunch of other stuff that feels like comic book writing, not real writing. Um, and I love comic books, but comic books have some really retconny, recontextualizing nonsense. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it, but it's it's soap opera. Um, I, I don't think most people are going to die. I'll be really surprised if anyone other than Kylo Ren of note dies. Maybe Hux. I can see the villains dying. I think Hux will die, yeah. Um, I think Leia's going to die, as I've said. um, But, like, I just really feel like, um, I guess the biggest thing about it is, I don't for a second think that this, the whole saga ending thing, I, I really feel is marketing. And I think this movie is... Like one thing I told you before we, we, we did, which I should have said for this because that's content, um, is... Um, I expect the First Order will be still a powerful force in the galaxy at the end of this movie. So are we talking like you feel it'll be like the end of Return of the Jedi, where the Emperor is defeated, but his forces still exist? Or this will be either stronger than that or weaker than that at the end? Stronger. Because um, what I expect is what the Empire actually turned out to be at the end of Return of the Jedi. Not the, oh, we defeated the Emperor, now it's just a matter of time, right? Is what we felt at the end of Jedi. Yeah. Further pushed when special edition came out and we saw places celebrating all over the galaxy, the end of the emperor that the the rebellion was yeah. basically, it just finally said, Hey, the empire can be destroyed. And everyone, Oh great. We were just waiting for an excuse to actually feel what we actually felt and th- overthrow this thing. Look at these yeah. guys in monument square pulling down the statue. They don't care. <laughs> um, I expect that the, Galaxy's Edge theme park in Disney will be able to have First Order Stormtroopers believably in its story post Rise yeah. Skywalker running around that base. Because I yeah. think that unlike the Empire where we're going to defeat them and restore the Old Republic, I think the next 20 years of Star Wars in-universe stories is the slow 
degrade of the first order as the resistance keeps winning battle after battle until they eventually push them back and break them. Is there any world where Kylo survives this and is still evil? Only if I go all the way down what I was basically describing, which is I feel that this is going to set up the next phase of stories for Star Wars. It's going to leave a little more open-ended than three or six did in the sense of, yeah, we may not get an episode 10 in a couple of years, but we are going to leave this universe more of an open playground to keep building things into sure whether sure. they're novels or comics or video games i think disney's gonna leave a more open-ended universe than what we have gotten from star wars before because unlike george lucas we know star wars won't end with episode nine there's season two of the mandalorian there's the kenobi series right. there's whatever lucasfilm animation moves on to after resistance like this universe is going to keep be luke's academy Well, the universe is going to keep rolling forward. And because of that, I really feel that they are going to leave the 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 big bad of the the first order as a looming threat that the resistance and its heroes still have to overcome. Okay, I feel that the head of the snake will be cut off in this movie. Cause I think, like you said, losing Hux, losing Kylo, lo- losing the, the core yeah. evil. And that indoctrination will be unraveling and it will only be the true believers that are running this thing anymore. But I, I just think that they, they made the first order so evil that unlike the empire, it doesn't feel like it's got a load bearing boss as much. Exactly. And it doesn't feel like the resistance is going to even, in the short period of time between the two movies Mm -hmm. will have enough to overthrow it. It's not 30 years, you know, it's not 25 years of boiling under the surface, this descent. Is it possible the bad guys win? I don't see how you can call it the end of a story. If, if I knew that episode 10 or the next movie, like what it was, I could believe it, but with no path forward, I don't see them. Leaving it that loose. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think... You know, it's a good example. I think it's going to be more tied up than you're saying. I, I mean, I could absolutely okay. agree and see with what you're saying. But at the same time, I could see every Star Destroyer somehow being destroyed. Let like, me let me put everyone. it to you this way. Here's a reason that I feel the way I am. The energy I expect to walk out of the theater with it is the end of the Matrix trilogy. Now, let's not talk about the sequels to the Matrix and their overall quality. But the end position where there's a truce that the machines and humans look like they're going to be able to live together, but you could just pop that powder keg a second later. Like that franchise could have just gone to, there was peace forever. You could walk away with that feeling that they, that they came to a a compromise and that there are holdouts, but in general, the world will go on with these two races in peace. Yeah. Or that this piece is so fragile. One thing could happen and break it. And I feel that's where we're going to leave is the fact that like the war is over the good guys won but more so than we fought at the end of return of the jedi the first order doesn't just magically disappear they've taken control of the outer outer regions and a whole bunch of planets and they're not going to cede that territory Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people who consider themselves citizens of the first order who don't want to leave it anyway so let me ask you a couple more questions hit me who will kill the knights of ren Um, oh i think it's going to be kylo Ooh, 
So I guess the biggest thing is I'm not sure how much the Knights of Rens are going to figure into it because I expect them to be there, mm-hmm. right? But are they going to be are they going to be Kylo's posse? Or one thing I could see is I could see him paying off his kill the past, and that as part of becoming the dark sider, he gets rid of all his childhood things, including mm-hmm. hunting down his friends and murdering them. <laughs> um, because you have to understand from my, from my point of view, the good man who was your father died. Uh, um, the thing is, I see it as, is I really do think that while we have seen just talking about it, we've seen a lot of the movie, but I think the context is missing. And I think there's a lot going on that we don't know about. I really hope so. And the reason I feel that is because I don't think I've seen anything that tells me a three arc story. Um, I really feel we're going to do a little more planet hopping on this than we've done before. Yep. And I really feel that like that battle at the Death Star that everyone thinks is the ending and the finale won't be. And the reason I feel that is because I feel that that is a partially my own opinion. It's a little reductivist of like, oh, look, it ends on the Death Star 2, just like Jedi. Remember Jedi? Um, But then more importantly, I think there's a lot of things they need to get to that they haven't they haven't set the groundwork in the visual that we've seen. How do we get to the two like the two new characters? There's um, ah, forgetting Joy Bliss, played by Carrie Russell, which I think is just going to be like cool bounty hunter lady and is going to be very much like the one that gets Kylo attacking on this desert planet. In my opinion, mm. it's going to be something like that. She's going to, she's going to let the first order know where they are. Yeah. Um, because she just looks like a cool Daft Punk meets Sam Wessel. So I'm cool with that. And then the character you're saying that's going to be with, um, that's the character. Jana or Jana. Or... Yeah. Jana is what I was trying to think of. Yeah. She comes from a place where her first production still is on a planes. Where is that? We haven't seen that in any of the motion picture stuff since. But when I was in celebration, they showed her on like near like wheat and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. where's that planet? And so that tells me, in my opinion, yeah. that there is stuff we don't know about and there's characters we don't know where they fit into. So like Jana is probably in the third act that I think is secret that we haven't seen anything of. Mm, Okay. And I feel that that is going to be this conclusion where basically the characters all get to that place to solve the problem. And maybe it's like the wheat we saw in Endgame, where, Oh no, how are they going to defeat Thanos? Oh, Thor's going to come in and kill him and we're done. Like, I wouldn't be surprised that when we get to the third act, it is, if they really want to pay off nine movies, that third act, the last part of that movie should feel like an epilogue, not a, not a, the climax should happen two thirds into the movie and we should have a denouncement. That would be interesting. I would, well, I've said it a couple times. I'll just repeat one more time so we can end here. I want to be surprised. Me too. I, I want to be surprised. I hope I know less than I think I know. And I think the interesting thing, just to wrap up our own conversations, yeah. I think you are generally very positive and excited to see what happens at the end of the oh, week. Oh, I'm super stoked about this movie. And I think the funny thing is... I didn't start off that way, but I am super excited. And I think the, 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 I think the funny thing to me is, like, I'm being very cynical about it, but I'm the one who's got a more positive spin on them. I think it's full of surprises. 
Yeah. Like, I think that, like, what I've seen isn't enough. So there's going to be this whole magical surprise that's going to make me so happy. Yeah. And you're like, I think I'm going to like what I like, but I think I already know what's going to be there. And I think that's a really interesting interplay yeah. is the fact that, like, I'm I'm colder going in, but more excited and more confident that they're going to surprise the heck out of me. Yeah. And I think you're very warm going in, but not as confident that they're going to surprise you, that you're going to get yeah. what you get and you're going to be happy yeah. with it. So, oh man, we're gonna find we're out. We're so close. We've never been closer. <laughs> it's four days, oh, technically like three and some change, because we're seeing it Thursday night. Yeah. So here's the deal. I'm seeing a 5 p.m. on Thursday, and then Mac and I are going together for Mac's first showing at 8:40. Yes, we're and, Eastern Standard Time. And I way. already have a um, black bag that you will have to wear when you go into the theater because yeah. I don't want to see any. Because well, I know I'm gonna go. So you already saw it. You're going to go, uh-huh. I'm like, am I going to like it? You're like, uh, and you you can't tell me anything I'm positive, negative. I'm not going negative. to say anything other You'd than have to have a stone tell face. you what type of soda I have in my commemorative collector's cup, whatever they're going to say. All right. Me. That's our agreement. That's all I'll All pre-talk you. is just like concession stands. Did you see this popcorn? <laughs> Captain Salty has some really interesting flavors this year. Yeah. Um. So that's it. Uh. Now, one quick little announcement here, too. Uh, we're going to be having a second special episode four days from now on Friday the 20th. Right. After uh, I'll have seen it three times. Mac will have seen it twice. Yes. Uh, and we are going to be. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I mistook that. Uh, I misspoke. No, no. You'll have seen it twice. I'll have seen it once. Yes. We'll be going into our second one after we record that. Yes. So Thursday night will be late Thursday night, technically early Friday morning. We're going to do a lot on Thursday. You're (laughs) going to see the movie twice. I'm going to see it once. And what we're going to do is we're going to just sort of can bottle up all of our initial reactions to the film before we really have time to process and think about it. Basically before we look at the internet. Because the one thing we're going to do is we've done this the last handful of Star Wars movies is what we do is we watch it and then we go to bed and then we watch it again with fresh eyes and see like how everything settles in our heads. Now, you'll have a little bit of advantage because you at least see it twice. So one thing we always had with that was we, we catch things we missed the first time. Yes. I will, you won't miss as much because you'll see it twice. I will try and make notes after my first viewing Yeah. to really keep the spirit of that viewing for my oh, comments intact. Uh, so I'll have about 40 minutes of downtime. But, but again, so we'll otherwise, we're going to bottle on Thursday night. Our opinions, yes. our our feelings, our initial reactions, essentially the opposite of what we just gave you. Here's all our energy going into it. Here's all our energy coming out of it. And we will have that, depending on how well future Mac does at editing, we should have that to you by no later than midday afternoon on Friday. Yes. So if you're going to go see it Friday night, we should have that. It's a spoiler. Um, and yeah. we should have that ready so that no matter what time you see it yeah. through that weekend, you can come and hear what we thought. Yeah. The goal will be to have it out no later than 24 hours after the movie premieres. That's a good way of putting it. So like if it premieres at 5 p.m. on Thursday, our goal will be to have it out to you by 5 p.m. on Friday. Now, we are planning on live streaming relatively late we're talking like 12 30 1 a.m eastern standard time on friday morning correct so we are going to be live streaming this if things go according to plan on youtube so the whole thing about is um take a look at our twitter so and that's um star wars all in all one word at star wars all in at at twitter um please check us out there because that's where we'll have all the details and most importantly the links yes absolutely uh so go out there Enjoy the movie. 
Uh, regular episodes still releasing on Wednesday, so come yep. back and check that out. It'll be a little shorter, but we are going to have one. Uh, and then we'll see you all Friday after we've all seen this thing. I can't wait to blow this thing. I go can't home. believe we're this close. I, like, you know, it's mind bending how close we are. It is wild to think four years of this. Let's be honest. It's wild to think that it's, it's what, 2013 was when it was sold? 12. 2012. Well, like yeah. December. It was like real late, wasn't it? Um, we, not quite that we, late, but we've spent yeah. five to six years waiting to see what Disney was going to do with Star Wars. And it has been a wonderful, wild roller coaster. And yes. it is great to see and exciting to see what is their coda? What is their sort of like, okay, here's the first year of Star Wars under Disney. Here's what we thought. <laughs> here's yeah. here's all the things we've brought into the galaxy. Do you guys like it? Do you guys not like it? What does this mean for Star Wars as an ongoing property? And it's going to be so exciting to have two movies that we've had so many discussions with have a capstone that sort of contextualizes all three and maybe all nine. Yeah. And that is so exciting. I'm ready. Like I'm ready to go see this. I'm as ready as I could possibly. I'm really happy. We don't have to like wait in a line for four hours to get seats. Like reserve seating is just the best. It's, it's pretty great. I suggest you do that. Get your collector's cup, fill it up. We'll get some Mr. Salty on that popcorn, captain salty. And then, you know what we're going to do? We're going to leave you now because we got a lot more podcasts to do this week. So we will it's see you fun. on Wednesday, on Friday, and every Wednesday going forward. And until then, may the force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Burgers III, Ross Rico, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, movie clips, and sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2019.